you've got fruit in your life, whether it be good or bad, you're putting something into your roots to produce that. So I want to look at that a little bit this morning. So if you've got your Bible with you today, let's make a declaration as we do in the house. This is my Bible. It's the Word of God. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. My heart's open. My mind's receptive to receive the Word of God for me today. Amen. If you've got little ones that are a little bit challenging for you, you can make use of the relinquish Two and under, you've already gone in there, so I'm assuming you're two and under. But it's a really useful way you can still be a part of the service and take care of your little ones. So we're talking about rooted. The scripture we used last week and the week before we're going to use it again today as a foundation for us is, um, I didn't mean to do that. Found in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. Through 10, it says, as you therefore, he's t- Paul is talking to believers. And so you could say, assume he's talking to us. Now, when, he, when we read in the Bible of, what is, of the teachings there, they are just as relevant to us today as they were then. Sometimes we think, well, a different age, uh, a different culture. You know, come on, let's not mix, mix season and culture up with the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is in many ways is the same yesterday and today and forever but is always changing and so the kingdom of God is amongst us Jesus said Uh, and Jesus he is the same yesterday today and forever so what Paul is writing to the church in Colossia is 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 is, he's, he's writing it to us in the 21st century and we need to take note of it and apply it to our lives and it's all applicable to our lives you believe that The Word of God is applicable to our lives. Don't just put it to one side and say that's irrelevant. It's relevant to us. As you therefore have received Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus as the Lord, so walk in Him. Act like you're a believer. Walk like you're a believer. Speak like you're a believer. You know, just demonstrate the kingdom of God because you're a believer now. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you therefore, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It's so easy for us to get swayed on on changing the Word of God, or changing God's Word to us and His instruction to us, His teaching to us, because it may not be quite convenient with the way we would choose to live our life. Because many times as Christians, we buy into, the, in, into Christianity, we buy into our faith uh, based on our already preformed ideas and traditions. And it doesn't change us very much. We, we, we still do act the same way, do the same things, and don't seem to, seem to still struggle with the same areas and never break through in the things which Christ has for us. And because we get so wound up and so contained in who we are, and we, allow, we want the, the Word of God to, to fit with us, rather than us fit in to the Word of God for us. And so 
Paul is speaking to the church here. He's saying, yeah, come on, you, you see, this is, it's highly likely this will happen to you if you're not careful. I says, I'm not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Church, you, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of life and you surrender to him, you are complete in him. You are a new creation. The old passes away, everything becomes new. And so Paul is encouraging these believers to live in and enjoy all the benefits that are theirs as followers and believers in Christ. You know, I'm convinced there's way more of Christ or the life of Christ that we're not experiencing yet. You've only got to look around the world and hear testimony and see what God is doing here, there, maybe, and some other places to know that, yeah, there's more, there's more, there's more. And what you're experiencing now is great, but there's more. God is always wanting and, and encouraging us to step from one place to another place. He's always giving us opportunity to receive fresh revelation. You know, even this morning, as you've, as you've, as you've been, been in worship, we've heard things or we've been challenged by things and we've we sensed things that, that, that cause us to change. Our view of things changes, I believe, in the presence of God. It changes. That, that woman who knew Jesus was a healer, and, and, and in the back of her mind, she knew he hadn't come for her. She was almost like, same with the woman who had the issue of blood. She was an outcast. She shouldn't have been where she was. And yet she gets on her hands and her knees because she knows there's something in the presence of Jesus that will change her today and make her tomorrow way better. She knew something of it. And so Paul is encouraging these believers. There's, there's way more. Live in what, what Christ has done for you. You've, you've received Christ Jesus as Lord. Walk in him. Live out that which he has done for you, made available to you. He's saying, he's saying like, you have heard and you've received in your hearts the truth. I've spoken to you. So he says, it's like, you've heard the instruction as you, he says, as you have been taught, as I taught you. Sometimes we hear things, and almost like we know things up here, but they just never sink down to here. Into our heart. He said, never go any further from our, from our, from, from, from our mind, from our thinking, from a thought pattern that comes into us. And we never receive it. It never becomes revelation. So Paul's told, telling him, he says, I've taught you this. You've heard these things. It's like you sat in church. <laughs> you should know better. Of course you, mean you can walk in, the, in all that you are as, as a Christian, as a believer. He says, don't let anybody rob you of your destiny through just giving you a lot of claptrap. Well, that's okay. That's nice. Don't worry about that. Jesus understands. If you want to choose to live that sort of lifestyle, that's contrary to the word of God. He understands. He loves you. Yes, he understands. He loves you so much. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died for you because he knows that the wages of sin is 
death. I heard somebody say this last night. I was watching something. I heard him say, there's a price on your sin. What is that price? Death. Eternal separation from God. But Christ Jesus came as a free gift. Because the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift and you can receive it. For by grace we have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works that anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. He says, don't let anybody rob you of your destiny by giving you a load of claptrap and, 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 and cozying over sin. See, receiving Christ Jesus is a life-transforming event. It's a life-transforming event. You are never who you used to be before. And of course, Paul should know that, shouldn't he? He knows full. He's the one writing this. And he knows full well that, that salvation, that receiving Christ, is a life-transforming event. You remember the Damascus Road experience that Paul had? I've heard it quoted secularly about something changing about it being a Damascus Road event. Like you hear some, some, some huge thing takes place somewhere, and you hear about it being spoken of as being in biblical proportions. Whatever that means. <laughs> but Paul, should, Paul knew, for good sake, he's writing this from personal experience, from this Damascus Road experience, when Jesus you know, almost arrested him, threw him off his horse, blinded him. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul, or Saul as he was then, knew exactly who Jesus was. Who it was who was speaking to him. And from that moment on, his life was changed. It didn't stop him having struggles. It didn't stop him having challenges. It didn't stop him you know, struggling with things he'd rather do that he didn't want to do. You know the deal. The things I'm desperate to do, I'm trying not to do. But he could do it for the grace of God. He could be who God called him to be by the grace of God. See, when we said yes, if, if when you said yes to Christ and you meant it, your whole changed. Every bit of you changed. It wasn't just the bit that comes to church on Sunday. It wasn't just the bit that sits in a life group on a Wednesday night now and again. It was the whole of you got saved. Every, every bit of you, every part of you. When we said yes. Not just, not just a part that we choose to surrender to him. Because we, we, we like this part of our old life too much to give it up. 
And if we did, so if, and even if we did give it up, what would others think about us? Well, I think what others would think about you, you're, you're double-minded. That's what they think about you. That's what they, I think that's what others, when, when we choose not to give up part of our life, those that we're trying to stay connected to see us as double-minded and unstable in all our ways. So why, why, why want to be like us? Because maybe we go to church on a Sunday, but on a Friday we're in the bar. Not there's anything wrong with bars, but you know, you hear what I mean. Now, all of us got saved. Every bit of me. The Amplified in Colossians 2 6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say. Living lives that lead others. Away from sin, not cozying up to sin, not making sin look okay, but leading others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in Him. See, when you're deeply rooted in Him, I believe others will see you're deeply rooted in Him. Because a life is a testimony, because a life is a testimony by the fruit that we produce. Amen. Rooted and, deep, and deeply rooted in him. And now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. See, when we, when we, when we got saved, we signed up, not just to be a Christian, but we signed up to be a builder of the kingdom of God. But sometimes we don't always sell it like that, do we? <laughs> sometimes we only sell, sell becoming a Christian as getting a home in heaven. So we see granddad when we die. Hello. I've heard people say that. Well, I think granddad's in heaven, so... I want to go to heaven too. See him again. Church, you aren't going to eat Werther's Originals in heaven. Well, you may. I don't know. <laughs> See, we, got, we signed up to build in the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. A flavor of heaven on earth. Something of heaven reflected on earth. But in us building the kingdom of heaven, see, I don't, I don't believe God is building us up. Well, he is, but I don't. He, we are rooted in him. He, but he doesn't force us. We have to build ourselves. 
We have to build ourselves on the root, on the foundation. There's no other foundation than anyone laid than that, which is Christ Jesus. So the Bible says, build, build, build on that foundation. We, we are to build onto the, into the roots that he has already made available to us. He, he's rooted us. He's given us some roots. He doesn't force us to build on that. He'll only build us up in response to our surrendered life. If we're not surrendering our life to him, you know, what has he got to build with? He, he desires to build us up. He desires to strengthen us. He sent the comforter to comfort and to build and to grow us and develop us. But, it, but unless we surrender to him, he's not got nothing and he hasn't got anything to work with. See, we're only going to walk in the good works which he's prepared before us and to bear good fruit from if we have strong, healthy roots. Yes, we know that we've been saved by grace through faith. It's a complete gift of God. It's nothing we have to, nothing we have to earn. But we, we're his workmanship. Created, the Bible says. In Him, created in Him, all of God is available to us. All of God is within us, created in Him for good works, which He prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Now, those good works, there will be fruit from those good works. Church, there's fruitfulness on your life. I love looking at people in this world and looking at people around you and seeing the fruitfulness on people's lives. I struggle when I don't see fruit on people's lives. Or I see, you know, bad fruits. Jesus says, I, I, I want you to bear fruit. But we're only going to walk in, and, and walk in those good works. We're only going to see, bear, bear good fruit if we have strong, healthy roots. And you see, building strong, healthy roots is not God's responsibility. Building the strong, healthy roots that are there, building them is our responsibility. You know, putting things into our lives, putting things into, our, into, into who we are, and building on, our, on, on what Christ has made available to us already. Building on those roots which he has put within us. See, all the life source of heaven is available to a believer. Amen. All of heaven, because we are complete in Christ. It's available to us. Church, but it's our responsibility to, to build and feed those roots that are there to produce fruit. It's our responsibility. See, building, so, but building our, our roots doesn't always come naturally to us. Sometimes building our roots in, in, is, is one of the hardest things we're going to have to do. Because we're still living in the flesh. This life which we now live in the flesh, we're living by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for us. We're still living it in the flesh. We haven't gone to heaven yet. We don't have our, our glorified bodies right now. 
So building up our roots doesn't always come naturally. Sometimes it's hard to do. It's a struggle. It takes, it takes, one of the things it does take, it takes great faith. See, because we, we frequently struggle with getting out of our flesh. We really struggle sometimes getting out of our flesh because our flesh has such a pull on us. The desires of our flesh have, have such a pull on us. I'm not supposed to eat too, too much sugar. But I love sugar. Especially when it comes in the form of cakes. And sweets. And ice cream. And Belgian truffles. I just bring it on. You know, there was a time when I would eat three chocolate bars before breakfast. Two, two cakes. I could never resist those two Belgian buns on the, on the cashier's desk in the filling station. For a pound. <laughs> I'd eat one and save one for Ron. But Ron never got his because I'd eat one and then the other one would just be, I'd just eat straight away. You know, we, we frequently struggle getting out of the flesh. But I know it's not good for me to eat those cakes. So you can have an excuse for a cake or an excuse for a chocolate bar. And they taste horrible. We struggle getting out of our flesh because we're living in this flesh. And, we're, and of course, we're surrounded by it because others will still see us in the flesh. Others still see us in the flesh, how we used to be, our old life. But you see, what we are in the flesh is a far cry from who we are in Christ. It's almost unrecognizable what we are in Christ compared to what we are in the flesh. You know, sometimes we, we use who we were in the flesh as an excuse for not being who we should be in Christ. And we use words like tradition or culture. And throw grace in there as much as we like, but... It's a far cry, cry from who we are in Christ. You know, all the, all the people in the Bible who achieved great things for God had to work on their roots. All the people in the Bible who achieved great things. And anybody, I believe, who is achieving great things for Christ, even up until this day, has had to work hard on their roots. And feed them. And feed them by faith. Feed them with trust. Feed them with surrender. Feed them with forgiveness. To achieve great things for God. I sometimes come across people who have achieved, are achieving great things for God. And you look back at their life and you hear some things in their life. And it's like things that they have, they have put in as absolutes. Absolutely we won't do this. Because we know it's the, such a pull of the flesh. 
Absolutely, we will put this boundary in place. Because we know if we don't, the pull of the flesh is so strong. Absolutely, I won't go into that environment. I'm drawing a line. Absolutely, I will go, I will be in this place and involve myself in that. Because I'm drawing along my flesh. I'm going to have to, you know, there's a pull. It's like the pull to the cakes. And I have to say, absolutely. I can't eat another chocolate bar this month. It's a pull. It's not that I'm going to get overweight. That anybody may be able to see. It's something to do with your blood sugars. I don't know what. Don't like it. But I have to put some absolutes in. You know, sometimes as Christians, we just fly, you know. That doesn't matter. God will understand. He knows. Yes, of course he knows. He understands so much. He understands you way better than you think you do. He created you for goodness sake. <laughs> he created you. He created your natural you. And he created the spiritual you. He created you. The Bible says he knew you before you were even born. Before you even conceived in your mother's womb. He knew you and had a plan for your life. He also created you in Christ Jesus for good works. Which he prepared beforehand for you to walk in. Amen. He knows all about you. He knows all about you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows, what you, he knows also what you struggle with. And so he knows all that sort of stuff. And he dealt with it on the cross of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. See, all the people in the Bible had to work. All those people who achieved great things. And even in this day had to work on great, had to work on their flesh. Because in their flesh they were weak, but in Christ we can be built up by faith. Think of Moses, think of David, think of Gideon. Think of David just for a moment. You know, David, he, he, he achieved great things for God, but it didn't start out that way. He had to work on the fleshly ears of his life. Look what he said in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 36. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? The little man, and you hear that outside of church as well, don't you? It was a David and Goliath situation. What do they mean by that? Little man taking on a big man and winning. Everybody else had been, fear, had been struck fearful at the size of Goliath. Maybe they hadn't been working on their roots. They were the people of God. They had roots. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What better roots do you want than that? <laughs> the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, they, they should have known better. And they were all struck with fear at the size of Goliath. Of course, David turns up on the scene and says, Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he's defied the armies of the living gods. 
Here, here is somebody who has roots of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Facing someone who has no covenant with God. No relationship with God. And David emphasized that by saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. Let's, let's call him for who he is. Let's, let's bring his background into it. Let's bring his heritage into it. And I am, you know, that he should defy the armies of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you see, David had been working on his roots because I have killed both lion and a bear. What's that got to do with the giants? What's that got to do with the things of the kingdom of God? He's just out in a field in the wilderness looking after his father's sheep. But looking after his father's sheep, God was working on something in the smallness for opportunity, giving David the opportunity to build roots into his life and strengthen those roots which he had. See, if, he can, if I can do with a lion and a bear, I can certainly take this, out, this uncircumcised Philistine who's defying the armies of the living gods. And of course, you know the story. Job done. Because he'd built some strong roots. Because he'd built some strong roots. And in the New Testament, Paul, Paul uses the same theme, if you like, in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26 through 30 and 31. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Oh, thank you for your presence. But to him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as, it, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. See, you don't have to be, you don't have to be wise. You don't have to be brilliant according to the flesh. You don't have to be educated according to the flesh. You just have to recognize your roots and build them. Recognize your roots and sow to them. Recognize your roots and feed them. And you feed them according to the fruit which you desire. If you desire good fruit, which the Bible says is, 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 is it's, it's your right and it's also your responsibility. We feed them with the things of the kingdom. Why that? We don't glory in ourselves, but God gets the glory. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. See, David was, David was, his focus was on who he was in Christ, who he was in God. And so he built into his life Fed the roots that would in, in turn turn out to be things he could use to bring about the things of the purposes of the kingdom of God. Don't ever, ever underestimate the day of small beginnings. Don't ever underestimate how insignificant you may feel in your own strength because in Christ you are mighty. 
In Christ, you're a giant. In Christ, you're successful. In Christ, you can win. In Christ, you can overcome. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. See, God was giving David opportunity to partner with what he was building. God knew exactly Dave, God's, God knew exactly the plan he had for David's life. The woman that went from Canaan who cried out to Jesus, recognized Jesus who, for who he was, the son of David. God was using David in the genealogy of Jesus. He has a plan. And David knows something. He didn't know the whole deal, but he knows something. You don't know the whole deal of what God has for you, but God, church, you know something of what he has for you, something of his purpose and his plan for your life. And so feed that, feed that, feed that. He's put the roots there for you. Feed those roots. And so David in the field there, in, the, in obscurity, in the wilderness looking after sheep, seems so insignificant. He's killing lions and he's killing bears. See, David could have never done the great things if he had never built the roots of trusting in God in the field of obscurity. Church, God is giving us opportunities. I believe someone's in fields of obscurity just to trust him. Trust in him. And David is trusting him. He, you know, you don't, you don't face a lion and a bear unless you know. <laughs> you can take them out. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And he's building that into David way back there thousands of years ago. See, we've all, we're all planted somewhere. We've all got roots somewhere. We've all got roots. And because we've all got roots, we're all producing some sort of fruits. And the fruit we produce is a result of what we feed our roots. So the things we see on people's lives, the things you see on my life, the things I see on your life, the things you see on the lives of people you work with and around you, 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 you know something of what they're feeding their roots by what you see of the fruits. The Bible says a tree is known by its, not by its roots, by its fruits. tree is known by its fruits. If you've got a tree in your garden that's got apples on it, you, go, you don't go and tell everybody that's a pear tree, do you? That's not rocket science. You tell them it's an apple tree. See, what we feed our roots is determined by the fruit is determined what we're feeding, what those roots are and what we're feeding those roots. We've got an apple tree in our garden, and last year had little tiny apples on it. So I went to somebody who knows, I think I've mentioned this before. I went to somebody who, who knows about it, should know about apple trees, and said, you know, what do you think you need to do? And he said, maybe you need to feed it. So you get better apples. We're not just 
got an apple tree to feed the birds. We've got an apple tree, so we want apple pies. <laughs> the birds can get whatever. See, we're all producing fruit of some sort, aren't we? So if you've if you got fruit in your life, you've seen things in your life which you don't like. You've got things in your life that are going on around you, circumstances. Think about the way you act and the way you're doing this and the way these things are happening and this is happening to you and this is happening. Why don't you check out what you're feeding the roots? Check out what you're feeding the roots. See, if we don't like the fruit, let's pay attention to the roots. We're, we're on this earth, we're in Christ to bear fruit. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates in it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruits in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's God's plan for your life, to not wither, to prosper, to be who God's called you to be. But it, takes, it takes dealing with the roots, not feeding the roots one thing and feeding them something else, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his lies in the way of the Lord. Psalm 92 and verse 13 through 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh, and they shall be flourishing. And you don't, you don't time out in the things of the kingdom of God. Run until your very last breath. You'll be fresh and you'll be flourishing. I heard someone speaking last night of the, the, the deaths of two individuals. And one persistently, persistently, persistently rejected God. And the last few moments of their life was horrible. And then another family member of the same family, the last few moments of their life. Almost like a glorious experience. With the family around them singing worship songs. And peacefully Entering the presence of Jesus. Or well, until your last day, if you love Christ, you can still be fresh and flourishing. See, God's desire is for you to grow into the full potential He has planned for you. To grow into the full potential that He has planned for you. You see, the, the, the potential of our life comes from what we comes from what we prioritize in feeding to the roots. And in Christ we are rooted. 
In Christ, we're rooted. How many of you are rooted in Christ? That's three of you. How many of you are rooted in Christ? If you're rooted in Christ, just stand to your feet this morning. If you have your roots in Christ, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, stand to your feet and just start worshiping Jesus today. If your roots are in Christ, let's start worshiping and start to make a commitment this morning to start feeding something more into those root system of your life. His presence is here this morning. His power is here. Where Jesus is, His grace is here. Where He is, salvation is here. He's here in this place. And if you're rooted in Him this morning, you have such potential to be all that He's called you to be. You have such potential. And yet sometimes we, we fail to feed those roots. If you're rooted in Christ this morning and you say, there's areas of fruitfulness in my life I'd like to see greater. I'd like to see more juicy apples on the tree. I'd like to see fruit that isn't diseased. I like to see, I want to see areas of fruit in my life that look different to what I'm seeing right now. Make commitment this morning to feed your roots. Feeding roots to the things of God takes great faith. But this life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith. In the Son of God who died and gave himself for us. Your faith is not in your circumstances. Your faith is in God. Your faith is not in the opinions of others. Your faith is in God. If you're desiring to see, see fresh fruit and new fruit and more fruits. Church, make a commitment this morning to feed those roots. Make a commitment this morning to put some boundaries and some absolutes into the roots system of your life. If that's you this morning, just place your hand on your heart. Maybe the other hand, just raise it to Jesus. And just start worshiping where you are. Just start worshiping Him where you are. And ask Him to come and give you strength. As you make decisions this morning to feed your roots. As you therefore have so received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in faith, as you have been taught. You've heard some things this morning. You say, I have decided to pay a little more attention to my roots. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every person here today. I pray for every person who says, I, I, I'm paying attention to my roots to a greater degree. So I want to fulfill the potential that you have put within me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The presence of God is here today. If you're here and you say, I, I, I that, that is me, I'm, I'm responding right now. Just come stand here in the front. I can't see who's raised a hand, who's 
Got a hand on your heart. But if you're responding to that, anything which you have been taught this morning, as you have been taught, so walk in Him. Just take, take a few steps and come to the front here. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never said yes to Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You've never, you cannot put your hand on your heart and say, I'm born again of the Spirit of God, I'm a Christian. But today you say, I want that to change. See, outside of Christ, our sin cannot be dealt with. And we still get paid the wages for it. Death. But the free gift of God, Jesus Christ, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Just while every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here this morning and you say, I'm not a Christian. I've never... Or maybe you thought you were. And I've heard people say when asked if they're a Christian, I've heard all sorts of crazy things. I've heard I'd like to think so. I like him to think so. It doesn't get you saved. That's just a like him to think so. I've heard people said maybe. Maybe it's just a load of uncertainty. That doesn't get you to heaven. That doesn't get you saved. I've heard people say it's sort of. What in the world is a sort of Christian? I'm a sort of human. <laughs> For God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. The Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. There's no sort of about that. There's no think so about that. There's no maybe about that. There's no I'd like to think so. You're either saved or you're not saved. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here this morning and say, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. I want to receive him into my life. I want to become a new person. I want to become a Christian. I want to become born again. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If that's you this morning, just nobody looking around, nobody moving around, just from if that's you this morning, just raise your hand right where you are so I can see it. I see your hand. You can put it down. Anybody else this morning? So I really can't say I'm born again of the Spirit of God. I'm not a Christian. So anybody else? You can put your hand down. I see two hands. Anybody else this morning? And I count to three. Number one. No other way to God than through Jesus Christ. Number two, there's no other way to have your sins forgiven. 
past but behind you. And receiving Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, in your life. Number three, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. If God's speaking to you this morning, Philly's saying, make me Lord of your life. Just one more time. So anybody says they want to become a Christian this morning, they want to give their life over to Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer together. So, I, I, so I'm, I'd like to think everybody in the house is saved this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. In the name of Jesus, I recognize that I need to make a stand and make you Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my past and give me a brand new future. I receive you into my life. Make you Lord of my life. And I'm proud to say I call myself a Christian. In Jesus' name, make me that new creation. Fill me with your spirit. Empower me to live a life of faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. All God's people said amen. Let's receive, give God a big hand clap this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you prayed it for the second time, or you never didn't, you prayed it, but you never raised your hand. Or you need prayer for anything. You made a decision this morning. Say, I have decided to do something different in my life about feeding the roots of my life and being who God's called me to be. Maybe you've got sickness in your body. Maybe you've got something going on in your life where you need us to pray with you. Just come and stand in the front here and we'll pray. Let's mix our faith with your faith. You're in a family of God this morning who want you to be who God's called you to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. amen. Let's worship for a few more moments as we close out this morning. Let's just receive, just, just, if you're here right in the front, just raise your hand, just worship Jesus. If you're not still here in the front, maybe you're in the link room, you need prayer for something, just come out here, just bring your children with you. We'll pray with you. Well, let's mix our faith this morning with yours and see the goodness of God poured out on you this morning. He's the healer this morning. He's the one who brings salvation. He's the one who restores. He's the one who brings hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship him for a moment. Jesus. Jesus. Anybody else?